Thank you so much for tuning in today. It is an honor to come into your home or your car or wherever you may be watching or listening to this message. My name is Chris Montgomery and I'm the pastor here at Fraser Church in Montgomery, Alabama. And today we're going to be in part two of our three-part series. I've simply entitled, Remember This, Remember This. Growing up, there was something that my family always told me, make sure you remember this, Chris. And it's something that I want to pass on to you in these three weeks. Also, please be sure to watch uh, the Fraser website as well as the Fraser app uh, for the most up-to-date information about our coming back to in-person worship. Now, if you would, please grab a Bible. Uh, and if you do not have a Bible, that's okay. The words will appear for you on the screen. But if you do have one, turn to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be in verses 6 and 7 today here in just a few moments. But if you will also grab a pen and a, a piece of paper, something to take some notes on. I encourage you to do that as we go through this message. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you today and we are so thankful because we believe that you have a word for us today. So would you open our minds, open our eyes, open our hearts, that we may receive from you your word for us today. We pray this in Jesus' good and powerful name. Amen. Amen. I told you last week that, that growing up, like in every family, that there were things that were passed down to me. Uh, every family has a set of what I call inherited beliefs. The beliefs or sayings or mottos that are passed down from generation to generation. And, and certainly for my family, we had the same thing. There were guiding principles that guided us along as we walked through life. One of those statements was, it's very simple, but very powerful for me, and kind of stands out above all the rest. And that is the statement, don't give up. Don't give up. Pray about it. God will get you through it. No matter what it is, God will get you through it. I can still remember my grandmother saying, Chris, make sure you remember. Don't give up. Pray about it. God will get you through it. And over and over, she would just say, Chris, as long as you don't give up, and as long as you'll go to him in prayer, God will lead and guide you. And so today, I want to talk about the second part of that statement, and that is simply pray about it. Pray about it. And again, I want to start with the problem. We all have a common problem, and that problem is, is that simply we want control. If we're all being honest in life, we really want control. And right now, there may be some things that seem very much out of control in your life that you wish you had a grip on. And why is wanting control a problem? Well, the problem is, is that control is something that we can never really have. Control in many ways is an illusion. And we want control over things in life because we worry about things in life. And we worry when the present is unstable and the future is uncertain. And we find ourselves worrying about something that's going on maybe right now in our life or we're worrying about something that could happen in the future in our life Again, we want to try to get control of things. This current crisis that we're in has certainly shown us just how much control we do not have. And from the crisis we've been going through, from the unrest in our country, uh, it's certainly made things in the present a little more unstable. It's also made things maybe in the future a little more uncertain. And we've all been affected by it. Every one of us have been affected in some way by what's going on in our world, but some of us have been affected more than others. I know people who have lost loved ones because of what is happening in our world with this virus. I know people who have lost jobs. In this time, 
if it does anything, it proves to us that Proverbs 12.25 is so true. Proverbs 12.25 says, worry weighs a person down. Worry weighs a person down. And we're feeling the weight of what's happening in our world right now. And many of you watching this, you feel the weight. It seems like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, on your heart, on your mind. But Proverbs 12.25 says more than just worry weighs a person down. It says this, worry weighs a person down, yes, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. And so today I have what I believe is an encouraging word for you. And my prayer is that it will cheer your soul today. And here's what it is. Here's the core of the message. It is true that we can choose to worry. We can choose to worry because we do not have control of something in our life. That is a choice that we can make, absolutely. However, I also believe that we can make another choice. We can make a different choice. Instead of choosing to worry, we can actually make the choice to transfer our trust from ourselves to someone greater than ourselves. I believe that that is a choice we can make. We can choose to go the route of worry because we want control over something, because something's going on in the present, we think something's going to happen in the future, or we can transfer our trust to someone more powerful than ourselves. You may ask the question, well, how do we do that? What does transferring our trust actually look like? Let me give you the practice, and it's so simple. But simple's not always easy, but here it is. The practice is we simply tell God about today. We tell God about today, what is going on today, what is happening today, what is happening in our life today. We tell God about today while we thank Him for yesterday. We tell God about today where we th and we thank Him for yesterday. I get this from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 6. It reads, Do not worry about anything. And we say, Paul, that <laughs> don't worry about anything. He says, do not worry about anything. Instead, that word instead means make a choice. Make a different choice. Instead, pray about everything. Everything that's happening today. Pray about it. And then he says this line, tell God what you need today. What are the needs of today? What is the daily bread you need today? Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. You see it, the two right there. Tell him what you need today and thank him for all he has done. As we said, Proverbs 12 tells us that worry weighs us down. That is true, but prayer, the very act of prayer is when we lift things up to the Lord. Now, I've had people ask me, they would say, Chris, why do I need to pray? If God knows everything I need anyway, why do I need to pray? Well, sometimes the question is not, does God know everything that you need? Yes, he does. The question is, do you know that you need God? Do you know that you need God? And the very act of prayer is a demonstration that I know that I need God. I know that I need someone greater than me to step into my situation and help me get through what I'm going through. And the moment that I pray, the very moment that I pray, I am actively transferring my trust from myself or anything else that I'm trusting in right now. I'm actively transferring my trust from myself and we're saying, God, I trust you. Again, it's that simple. But again, simple is not always 
easy. I think about the, fir, uh, the verse in 1 Peter 5, 7. Powerful verse that says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares for you. Uh, popular verse by Pastor Larry, who served here faithfully before me. Give all of your worries and cares to God, for He cares for you. That word give is a powerful word there. The word give means to release to God. Now, last week we talked about clinging on to Christ. But in this verse, when it's talking about the worries and cares that we carry around here, he says, release that to God. Give it over to God. Stop hanging on to the things that are weighing you down, weighing your heart down, weighing your mind down. You know, this just recently... I was talking with the chair of our board of stewards. His name is Butch, wonderful man. And I got to hear for the first time the story about his son. When he was a young boy, he broke his neck. And, and he was describing what he was feeling and what he went through during those days when they were not sure how this was going to turn out. And he told me that a friend of his, wonderful man in his life, he was talking to him on the phone, and he said, Butch, you've got to turn this over to the Lord. You've got to give this situation to God. And it was an amazing testimony that Butch shared with me about how he did that. He and his wife released this. They let go of this horrible situation. They turned it over to the Lord, and the Lord worked in amazing ways through that. You know, I think so many times in life, the things that we want to hang on to, the worries and the cares and the things that weigh us down, I think there's many times in life God is in heaven, and He's saying, um, Son, daughter, um, why don't you let me have that? What if I took that off your heart, off your mind, off your shoulders? What, what if you let me help you carry that? And I think that's in many ways what God calls out to us and says every single day. Let me help you carry that. Would you give that to me? I love the quote by Martin Luther, a great reformer, who, who said, pray and let God worry. Pray and let God worry. So, so where Paul starts here in Philippians 4, he says, start by telling God about today. Everything that's going on, no, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what's happening in your world, no matter how big, no matter how small, pray about today. Tell God what you need today and then thank Him for what He has done. Make sure you take time to thank God for all that He has done, not just in your history, but also in redemptive history as well. We see this over and over in Scripture. In 2 Corinthians 1.3, Paul writes, Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the merciful Father, the God from whom all help comes. He says, thank Him for what He has done. He's been a merciful Father to us. He's Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, but at the same time, remember all of our help presently comes from Him as well. Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind about the present. I'm very much aware. I have an alert mind about what's going on in the present and a thankful heart. Well, thankful about what? Thankful about the past thankful for what God has done. You see, when we're thankful, what we're doing is we're remembering what God has done in the past. And what we're doing is we're reminding ourselves in the present that He can do it again. 
And this is why it's so important to make sure that when we spend time in prayer, we spend time thanking God for the many things that He has done in our life. Because when I remember what God has done in the past, it fuels my faith in the present. And it lets me know that He can do it again. What God did then, He can do again right here, right now. And so, the practice is simply this. Just tell God about today. Tell God about today while you were thanking Him for yesterday. But this verse also comes with a promise. And here's the promise. The promise is that God will always give you the peace you need, but not always the answer you want. I know you didn't like that one, and that's okay. But God will always give us the peace that we need, just not always the answer we want. If we go on in Philippians chapter 4 and we go into verse 7, it says this. He says, Then you... Then you, when you're telling God what you need today and you're thanking Him for yesterday, then you will experience God's peace. You will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. Many times, God's answers to our prayers just far out exceed our desired outcomes. They do. Many times God answers our prayer in such a way that it absolutely blows our mind for how He provides for us. However, sometimes the greatest answer to our prayer is God's peace and not just the provision that we think we need. And there are times in life when God wants us to walk in His peace before we walk in His provision. Because it's in those moments when we don't see the provision, but we feel His peace, we experience His peace, that's when we know He is with us. And then when the provision comes, we know who provided that. And it was not just something that we did in and of ourselves or with our own willpower. And the beauty is, is that God can give us peace in any and every circumstance. I mean, we have to remember who is writing this. This is Paul writing to the church in Philippi, the same Paul who went through beating after beating, persecution after persecution, trial after trial. You know, Paul, whenever we think of Paul, a lot of times we have an image in our mind of this tall, strong man. People have actually done uh, uh, studies on what Paul would have actually looked like. And a lot of times people... Uh, have found out as they look through the beatings and the trials and everything that he has gone through, how that Paul, he, he probably experienced blinding migraines from the trauma. He probably experienced nerve damage in his body from the beatings that he endured. And it's this Paul who is sitting in prison writing this letter from a jail cell says that there is a peace after he's gone through all of this, there is a peace that you can experience that goes eternally beyond, eternally beyond anything you can comprehend in this life because this peace is supernatural. That's the beauty of it. That's the amazing thing about it. The peace that God gives us, it's not of this world. It is absolutely 100% supernatural. And you may say, Chris, do you believe that? 
Do you believe that when we pray that God can give us supernatural peace in our life? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've seen it time and time again in people's lives. I've experienced it in my own life. And my prayer is that you're experiencing it right now. And if not, you will be seeking it right now because God has supernatural peace from heaven that He can give to you no matter what you're going through. And here's what's possible. What is possible is for you and for me, for us, to live under the protection of God's peace every single day and in every single circumstance, in every single situation, that you and I, we can live under the protection of God's peace. And this is what the rest of verse 7 in Philippians 4 promises. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, the rest of the verse says, His peace, God's peace, will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. God's peace will guard, will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Paul, remember, is in prison. And Paul uses a very interesting word here. Read it again. God's peace, his peace, will guard. Notice the word guard. He will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The word guard here, it, it, it refers to a garrison. It means to be in custody. And what Paul is saying in this moment is that I may be in custody for my faith, but I can never be put in custody from my faith. I may be sitting in a physical jail cell, but my heart and mind that are guarded in Christ, they can never be arrested. I may physically be put in jail, but you can never, never put my faith, never put my spirit, never put my heart there as well because the one who guards my heart and mind is so much greater than the person who has kept me in physical chains. Just the other day, I received an urgent email from the Middle East, and it was from a pastor in a country I, I cannot mention, uh, but he sent out an email uh, to pastors all over the world that he knew, and it just kept getting sent out as well uh, to other pastors to get people praying. And, and the email was about he had discovered that the local police, non-Christian, local police had found out that he was a Christian pastor and that he had been converting people. People had actually been coming to Christ in his ministry. And what he learned was that the police that afternoon were going to come and arrest him and his wife and their children. And in his email that he sent out, absolutely mind-blowing, as he sent out this email, he said, all we need now is your prayers. That's it. No one can do anything else. But we can pray, and God can intervene in amazing ways. And then he said this, all we need now is your prayers, and we are not afraid. No matter what happens to us, we are not afraid. That is supernatural peace. That is peace, a demonstration of peace that only God can provide. And that is a man whose heart and mind has been guarded by the power of Christ in his life. You know, 
Mark 11:23 says that faith can move mountains. But sometimes the mountain that we need moved in our life is not an external mountain. Sometimes the mountain that we need moved in our life is an internal mountain in our own heart and in our own mind. And, and that's what leads me to a sincere question that I want to ask. And, and that question is, would you please, whatever you're going through right now, would you please stop trusting yourself? Just stop. Transfer that trust over to God. Would you stop trying to hold it all together? Would you stop trying to make it all right? And transfer that trust over to God. You know, Paul said, pray about everything. Everything. Pray about everything. What, what I do know about you is that you probably have a thing. Paul said, pray about everything. And odds are you probably have one right now. There is something in your life you're trying to get control of, you're worrying about, that's weighing you down. And that's why I ask you, would you please transfer your trust from yourself, or from the things of this world, from money, whatever it may be that you're trying to make it all right and get control of in your life. Transfer your trust from those things and from yourself to a God who can give supernatural peace in every and any situation. That kind of prayer, simple as it may be or sound, is powerful. Powerful. Several years ago, uh, I was a student minister. And uh, we did a summer camp for kids. And other churches would come and be a part of that camp with us. And uh, we would go to different locations. The, the, it kept having to move around the larger we got. And one time we were at Bear Creek. And, and Bear Creek had, had this beautiful lake. And they brought in all this sand and kind of had a beach area. And we went out to swim one day. And so there's tons of kids everywhere swimming, and the sun is not very kind to me, so I was putting suntan lotion on my arms, on my face, and things like that. And sure enough, I got out in the water, and we're throwing football and frisbee, and we're playing, and we got into a big war where we're splashing each other. And I'm just splashing teenagers, you know. There's nothing like a grown man dominating a 12-year-old in a splash contest. And um, as we're splashing around, all of a sudden I stop, and my heart sinks. And I realize that my wedding ring is no longer on my hand. My wife, Emily, was studying at the University uh, of Salamanca in Salamanca, Spain at the time when she was doing her master's degree through Auburn. And all I could think of was, I have got to tell Emily I've lost my wedding ring. Uh, to be honest with you, I spent a good hour or more with goggles on my face. I got them from somebody diving down into that sand trying to find my wedding ring. And, and everybody could tell my face was panicking. I had panic all over my face. I just lost my wedding ring. One of the youth volunteer workers, and God bless youth volunteer workers. If you've never volunteered with youth, it is an adventure and you need to at least try it for one year. But one of the youth volunteer workers walked out and stood in the water up to about her shins. And her name is Dee Dee Flippo, amazing woman. 
And Dee Dee, out loud over all these kids, shouted, Lord Jesus, help us find this ring. Amen. <laughs> now, about that time, I'd come up for air because I was down there looking for the ring. And I heard her say that short, simple prayer. And at the time, I thought, that is the dumbest prayer I've ever heard in my life. Well, we didn't find the ring. We went on with the summer camp, and I went home. And then Emily came home. I timed me telling her about the ring just right, uh, because right as she was walking off the plane, this long flight from Europe, she's walking off the plane. I walk up, I hug her, I say, honey, I love you, I missed you, I lost my wedding ring. And it was the perfect moment, because she just looked at me and said, I love you too, I don't care, we'll get you another one, and we kept walking. It was great, great timing. Well, nine months later, I get a call on the phone. And the call is from a guy who ran a gas station right there close to where we were swimming at Bear Creek. And he called me and said, is this Chris Montgomery? And I said, yes, it is. He said, good, I need to stop by your house sometime. I'm going to be over by where you live. I have your wedding ring. You see, I went to that gas station. And I just said, if, if some, for some reason someone finds a wedding ring, I know it's a long shot, would you please, here, here's my name and number, call me. Nine months later, they had to drain the lake to work on the dam. And a guy went out there with a metal detector and found this wedding ring I'm wearing right now. And sure enough, nine months later, a man dropped it off at my house. And whenever he dropped it off, it was in an envelope, and I pulled out this wedding ring and looked at it. I thought about that simple prayer that Didi Flippo prayed in the water that day. It was so simple. Lord Jesus, help us find this ring. Amen. And on that day, that simple prayer, I believe, was answered when that man handed me my wedding ring. That's a very maybe trivial story, but I believe that God moves when we pray. And I know that you got things in your life right now that are heavy on your heart and mind. It, 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 things far beyond a wedding ring that can be replaced. And my prayer is that you would transfer your trust from yourself to Him. Release them to Him. Give them to Him. And watch how He works. Here's what we're going to do. If you're struggling, if something's weighing your heart and mind down today, I want to pray for you. And then we're going to have a song of reflection. After that song of reflection, I'm going to come back and talk about two important connections in your life. But right now, wherever you are, whether you're at home, whether you're in your car listening to this, if your heart is heavy, if you are going through something right now and you don't see a way out of it, would you pray with me? Let's pray. Father, we come to you in this moment. And we know that in this life, we try to trust many things. Most of all, we try to trust ourselves. But Father, I pray that right here, right now, we would transfer the trust that we've placed in ourselves and we would give it over to you. And that we would see the power of simple prayer and how your mighty hand moves. That we would see the peace that you give, that only you can give. And so Lord, no matter where we are right now. I pray that your divine peace would come, even before provision, that you would give your peace. And then, Lord, as, as you provide, Lord, I pray our eyes would be open to see your hand work, and our mouth would shout your praises from the rooftop, because you will do it again. Lord, we thank you 
for the powerful ways that you have and that you will move in our life. And we give our life to you once again. In Jesus' good and powerful name, amen.